Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest is somebody that, oh my God, he brings the fire. This is somebody that I met in Dallas recently. Uh, I was just incredibly impressed with this man. He is an international coach, an author, an entrepreneur, just an amazing human being. Nolly Williams, welcome to the podcast, my brother. Michael, hey, it's, um, it's good to be here. I'm super excited to be on your show, man. You know, it was, like I said, we met uh, last year at the end of the year. We met in Dallas. I was so incredibly impressed with who you are, your story. And I just want to break down your story because your story is pretty awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to take them in bite-sized pieces. I think this conversation is just going to be like amazing for so many. So at 22, we're going to start way back. You started a magazine and a record label. Let's just start there. It's like, <laughs> how do you get the inspiration at 22 to do that? That's like, that, that takes like some, 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 some guts there. Take me there. Let's start there. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So I, the entrepreneurial spirit, the entrepreneurial bug uh, has been in my family. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, of course, he immigrated to the United States when he was 18 years old, and uh, he made a life for himself here through entrepreneurship. You know, he went to college, but he really never used his degree. He was just an entrepreneur. And um, when I was 13, I got really bitten by the bug of hip hop. You know, I heard Run DMC. They came out with this record called Sucker and Seas. I remember <laughs> I was like, that. I'm old enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to do that, whatever that is. And so I just started pursuing it uh, so that by the time I was 18, I had a business plan put together. By the time I was 19, I pretty much knew the name of the label, what, what I wanted to do. And so I started the company, uh, but I had always gone to studios and done recordings and stuff like that up to this point. But you know, I, I, I quit my, my regular job at the age of 22. I came home, told my wife, you know what, I gave my notice and I'm going to pursue my dream, pursue my career. And, um, she thought I was nuts. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, cause we didn't see where the paycheck was going to come in to, yeah. to play. Um, you know, being a W2, but you know, I, I never looked back. I, I really pursued, I said, this is sort of my time. I don't know that I really understood what I was doing, but I, but I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to do what I love doing all the time. Um, and so that's, that's how I got, that's how I got started with it. I love yeah. that. So tell me <laughs> what lessons you learned while you were on your success train. That's a lot. That's well, it's you, know, you were successful, yeah. right? And it's like at an early age, that's yeah. sort of like, you know, tell me about that. What lessons did you learn about your success? So, yeah, so, so the success itself, you know, I raised $1,600 from friends and family. You know, $50 from this person, $100 from that person, $50, $40 from that person. So I ended up with $1,600 to start this new business. And fast forward about four or five years, I was making $150,000 a month. Wow. in the business. Okay. And these weren't loans. I think, I think if in hindsight, they probably wish they were investments or loans, but they just gave me the money because they believed that, uh, that I, that I would be successful. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot of things because I lost it all too, Michael. Um, yeah. 
by the time I was 33, this might be getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. by the time I was 33, I was, I was broke. Um, but along the way, I really learned that you, no one succeeds alone. You've got to partner with other people very early on. I mean, I thought I was the best because I did rap. I thought I was the best rapper in the world until I started listening to these other guys coming through. And I was like, man, I'm really not that good. <laughs> you know? uh, there, there's people out there that are better than me. And, and, I, and I also learned that I have business acumen. So I was better at the business, you know, working, you know, in the business or on the business, if you will, rather than working in the business as an artist. I was much better as a, as a, uh, as an, as a CEO or owner. I uh, understood the business side of it. I'm a systems person. So I really got to understand, you know, who I am, what drives me, what my desires are, what my passion is, and having the tenacity to go after it. You know what I mean? So then mm-hmm. tell me, you just alluded to it. So that lasted a good 10 years. And then mm-hmm. what happened? Well, it lasted it lasted a good 10 years. I say it was a really good 10 years. Uh, it was stressful because we had, you know, 18 artists, 14 employees, uh, and uh, we had a big payroll and all this. And what happened was digital came along, a disrupt, a disruptor. You know, what a, you know, you know about disruptors. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> we work for a disruptor, brother, don't we? There we go. We work for a disruptor. And, and, right. and, and, and honestly, the disruptor that we're both working for now, when I saw it, I said, uh-oh, it's coming again. I, this time I'm going to jump on the ship instead of, <laughs> instead of letting it, you know, it kick me off the horse. But um, when digital came out, it really, you know, record labels have one way of making income. Now, artists have about seven different ways that they make revenue, uh, but record labels only have one. And our sales went down 70% when MP3 came out, when digital came out, because it's like, hey, you can pay $15.99 for the CD or you can get it free. What, what, what your pick and our average uh, customer was between 12 and 19 years old. So, you know, which option they went for, <laughs> you, know, That's right. on, on, you know, they went for the free. And so we ended up being sort of shifted out of the business. In other words, I didn't shift with the business. Now, what I could have done was converted my whole business to digital, um, but I just didn't do it. I was like, no, you know, cassettes, CDs just replaced cassettes. You mean to tell me MP3 is going to do something? Uh, I don't, so I just poo-pooed it, honestly, oh. uh, and it ended up <laughs> got kept, caught the short end of it. And yeah. so uh, soon, I mean, we had we had a six thousand square foot home on ten acres with a recording studio and an office building on the property. I mean, it was it was uh, my utopia, and it was all in foreclosure. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah, it was tough. So I was like, what are you going to do now? Real estate was, was what was on the horizon. So let's not jump into that just yet. Tell me what lessons you learned mm-hmm. from that. I mean, you know, you were saying the, the lessons you learned during the success is that no one succeeds alone. What yeah. lessons did you learn when you lost it? Well, you know, when I lost everything, I learned that a couple of things. The big thing that I learned was... Um, for me, and I'm not saying this for everybody, but for me, the lesson I learned was to be debt-free because I did have some, some very pivotal uh, moments. For example, when I was 29 years old, when I got signed by EMI, uh, they gave us a $650,000 advance um, on, on future royalties. So um, what I could have done, Michael, was take that 650, and you, you can believe me, we had some debt. I could have paid the debt off. But I, but I gambled with it instead. I mean, I rolled the dice on just using it to grow the company. 
Um, which is, I mean, hey, we're entrepreneurs. That's, that's what we do. But right. um, I take a more conservative approach now. So, so I like to be debt free. Uh, very, very important for me. Very important concept uh, for me. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess one of the other really, really big things that I learned in terms of uh, losing everything is it's not the stuff. It's not the stuff. Okay. It's really what the acumen, the, the, uh, sort of the the knowledge, really, really, that's it. It's the knowledge that you've gained, right? Because you could lose it all and gain it back. Just as I mean, you, you'll gain it back a hundred times faster than you than, than than it took you the first time, because the knowledge can't be taken away that's from right. you. But you right. know, the knowledge on how to get wealth. Okay, so that's very, very, very important that you, uh, because industries will come and go or they'll change, but the but the the knowledge that you have. As a business person, um, that doesn't go away and that can be channeled and, and, and reused. I love that. It's such a true lesson, right? Because it, otherwise it was in vain. So you taking away the knowledge that whatever price that cost, that was there because that lesson was there. So tell me, you just then started, how did you get into real estate then from the music and entertainment industry? So I, you know, it was interesting because I, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, what's next? What are you going to do now? What, what, what's next for you? And it was a sort of a, a, a real time for introspection and self-reflection. Hmm. And I was like, what? Cause I, I didn't know. I mean, I was 13 when I started this dream. Now I'm 33 years old. Like, wh- I don't, I don't, what else am I going to do? I don't do anything. <laughs> this is what I do. So yeah. it defined me. It was, it, it kind of, def- I allowed it to, de- to create my identity. That's another big lesson that I learned um, around that. But so uh, a lot of people would say, Hey man, you, you'd be good in real estate. And when we sold our property, I looked at the commission that I paid the real estate agent. Um, and I said, man, that that's pretty good money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, and, and so honestly, my real estate agent, um, he uh, he gave he he gave me the confidence or the or the belief. He said, "Man, you can do this, dude. You know, look, you have this business, you have this company, and you you have you have business skills. You know, you know what you're doing. You know how to talk to people and so on. So, uh, and then my sister-in-law, a lot of people told me, "Hey, you'd be good in real estate." So I just I was very afraid to get into a new career like this, but I thought I'd look into it, and so. I mean, I was so scared, Michael, that after I got my license, it took me six months before I would even uh, start the business. Like, I, like I got my license and I just studied the game for six months yeah. before I would before I would jump in with my hand. <laughs> wow. You know, and then this is what I tell people: this is very, very important uh, to 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 grasp is that you have to study the game. You have to understand the game. Because that's all I, that's how I look at it. I, I look at it as a game. If I look at, okay, how's the game played? What are the rules? Yep. Every, ga- every game has rules. What are the rules of the game? Um, how do you win the game? That's what I want to know. Okay. Oh, that's how you win. Okay, great. So what's going to increase my chances of winning? And, and I look, I study the game. And if you study the game, if, if, if more people would take time to study their craft and become experts at what they do, you know, more people would dominate with what they do. But you're also analytical, right? Because you had already done it. You studied your music career since the time you were 13. You knew by the time you were 18, and you said something really interesting. You had your business plan by the time you were 18. It's sort of like, what 18-year-old what has a business plan, right? It's sort of like, if you actually survey most people in our industry, they don't have a business plan. 
So the fact that you had one when you were still a teenager, sort of like was you studying the business. So the fact that you sort of did this again, it's that sort of like repetitive nature, right? It's like, what are the lessons that I learned? And so you started sort of seeing all of this. So you, now you jump in and then tell me about this because lightning struck twice for you. Now you're sort of ranked top 1% of all realtors within in the state of Texas, right? And so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge accomplishment. It's sort of like, it's not just about studying and figuring out the game and learning how to win. By the way, I'll never play chess with you. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. tell me about that journey because that's crazy. This is like a new career and I'm going to go dominate this too. Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting, but know thyself, right? That's yeah. what was uh, said years ago by the, the wise ones, right? And really, if you, if you understand your personality profile, um, I took my first personality profile assessment when I was, I think, 20, 20 years old. Um, and so I kind of got the, the disc, as we call it. Yeah. Um, and then I took it again. I mean, I've taken it multiple times over the, over the years. I think I took it again when I was 40. Um, and, uh, but, it, but it is what it is. So I'm more of an engineer. Uh, that's my profile. I'm, I'm, I'm high on the SC scale, those, those that study that. Um, and so I'm very analytical, super analytical. Um, and, uh, but again, it, it doesn't really matter what your profile is. If you study who you are and then you surround yourself with, with people to fill in the gaps, okay? Right. So this is what I teach. Understand where you're weak and partner with others who are strong in those areas. Million okay? percent. Yeah. So I don't, I don't work on my weaknesses ever. Yeah. You know, if, now, I, I, okay, so if you're not good on speaking on stage, yeah, get a little bit better. But, hey, if you suck, you suck. You, you just, I mean, you, you'll just be a little bit, uh, a, a little bit better version of no good, right? Um, and and it, is, it is true. It is true that you have to work on your craft, but work on what you're good at. And when you take the disc and other profile assessments that are even better than the disc that I've taken, yeah. uh, when you take those, you, you start to understand, okay, this is at the core who I am. And how can I work with this to create the life I love? That's it. You know, because I'm, I'm a high D and I can convince anybody of anything. And so it's like, yeah. we're going we're gonna to go yeah. and open up, you know, six countries last year without ever sort of jumping on a plane. And everyone's like, <laughs> you're insane. And I'm like, great, let's go do it. And then we did it. And it's right. sort of like, now it's sort of like, let's go open up four quarter. It's like, you're insane. And it's like, yeah, let's go do it. And it's sort of like, that's okay. We'll learn how to sort of like, you know, like build this plane when we're in the air. It's fine. But we're going <laughs> to land safely. It's all good. That's an incredible talent. And, and that's why what I tell people is when I got into the real estate profession, I entered into the game with a handicap because I have zero D. I have no D whatsoever. And that is not when you look at a, a true successful listing agent, which is what I have always been, um, you're not supposed to succeed if you're not a high D, right? And so I had to learn other ways. Like you can just go in and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it like this. Sign here. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't have that. So I've got to go through this whole seminar of why, you know, you should list with me and here's the stats and here's the spreadsheet of how we're going to do this and that and all. And you don't have to do any of that. So really it is, for me, it's a handicap. But, but again, when you understand where you're weak, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because you know how to win the game on your, you know, with with your style. 
but I think they'll remember you more than me by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. So now you're the top 1% of the state of Texas. So here's Nolly that sort of says, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go teach. What the hell are you doing? Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's interesting too, because so when I when I joined, I joined Remax and I became one of the top 10 Remax agents in the state of Texas. Um, I was ranked number seven in the city of Austin out of 9,800, wow. like 9,860 agents. Um, my production was number seven in the city. Um, and I I was really good. So I, I kind of like, like, you know, you unlock the levels and you're yeah. like, okay, I, I kind of figured that out. What's next? You know, and what I really love to do is teach. And so um, how I found this out was like, I would be doing my real estate work and I, I was selling about 10 to 12 homes a month. Uh, uh, my, my last year in production, I sold 153 homes, but really Michael, I love teaching. And so I would be on the phone talking to agents that would call me for advice. And so my wife would walk in the room. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, oh, I'm talking to so-and-so. She said, you, you need to get on the phone and make some money. So I would, I would be like whispering to try to get like coaching these agents. Uh, so my wife wouldn't hear that I'm not working. I'm just, but I love doing it. I just did it because I loved it. I never realized that you could actually get paid to coach. Okay. Yeah. So I got in 2008, I got a phone call. I'm super happy at, at, at Remax. And I got a phone call from, uh, from Gary Keller's office. Yeah. says, Gary Keller wants to meet with you. I says, well, I mean, and I said, no, nah, I'm not going to. My wife said, you're going to go meet with him. I said, he's just going to try to get me to come to Keller Williams. I mean, we live in the same town. Yeah. His house is about six miles from mine. Bigger house, by the way. But it's, it's, we're, we're in the same town, not, not, not too far from each other. So, and since I was ranked number seven in the city, that's the kind of cause you get. So sure. we hit it off. And, and what really sold me on going to Keller Williams was that I could be, I could teach. That's all. I just wanted to teach. I, I didn't know you could get paid to teach. I just wow. wanted to teach. Um, so it was in my blood. Honestly, it was, it was a passion of mine. So in 2014, um, I did, uh, I just finished doing 153 deals and I just got this bug in here to get on the road. You need to start teaching. teaching. Wow. And so, um, so I just listened, man. I just listened because here's what I understand. Um, you know, w when you talk about uh, happiness, I understand that happiness is a byproduct of living your purpose. That's it. And so even though I was making really good money, seven, $800,000 a year in commission, um, I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing what I love to do. Um, and so I just became, I, I, I just, and I'm the kind of guy that I, I go all in, you know, uh, you, you, you might be the type of guy, Michael, being that high D you could do a whole bunch of stuff, but like, for me, it's hard to ride two horses at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to fall off one of them. So I, so, so I couldn't, I didn't want to continue my production and yeah. then have my, my head over here. I just basically by faith, uh, went 100% full into teaching. Um, and, uh, and it's, it, that has really done really well. <laughs> I love that. And you've got a whole empire that's built on your teaching, all of your books, all of your videos, all of your training courses. It is, you've changed a lot of people's lives. And Thank you. that's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful sort of thing to be able to say. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it, man. It's, 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 yeah. it's like the song of my heart. I, I really enjoy it. I and uh, yeah, so, so thank you. So I appreciate me, that. 
Oh my God. It's like, you know, I, I see your passion. It's like, it is, it's amazing. Tell me the top three things you would tell an agent entering the business yeah. today. This is like your passion. So what are the top three things? Yeah. So number one, um, this is the overarching theme. So, so this won't be one of the top three, but you've got to understand your mindset. Okay. You've got to have the right mindset going in this business because that's what's going to get you there. Okay. And I have a lot, a lot, a lot of YouTube videos where I teach mindset, uh, quantum physics and so on. So that's kind of the overarching theme of this, but I'm going to tell you the top three. So number one, okay. If, 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 if you sat down with me and I only had 10 minutes with you or five minutes, whatever, here's what I'd tell you. Number one, become famous, become well-known. And I, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, these things that I tell people that I say, but the, but I actually teach, these are the top three. I have YouTube videos where I teach this So number one, become famous. Don't be a secret agent. Okay. You're sure. doing nobody a disservice or any, in any business, you're doing no one a disservice by hiding from your potential customers or clients. Okay. You've got to be well known. And by the way, being well known doesn't mean that you have to be arrogant, haughty, stuffy, you know, uh, prideful, boastful, none of those things. Okay. Being, being, but you should be well known in the areas that you serve. Okay. Even if it's just a neighborhood or a part of a city, it doesn't matter. Everyone should know who you are, become famous, become well known. And I, I learned this in the music industry, Michael, because um, what I, you know, Gary wrote, wrote a book called The One Thing, okay? And, and, the, and the presupposition, I guess, was what is the one thing that you could do such that by doing it, everything else would be either easier or unnecessary? And when I thought about that, I said, what's the one thing I could do? Well, I could become well-known. Why? Because a lot of people say, well, I would do more lead generation or I'd do more door knocking or I'd do, well, guess what? If people know who you are, will they answer the door? Yes. Will they return your phone calls? Yes. You know, when you when you show up at an event, will you will they listen to you? Yes. And by the way, the added benefit is even when you go on your appointments, people know like they like Michael Valdez is like, man, this guy's busy. You know, how much time do we have? You know, and I'm, I might be rushing you like, are, are we good? Are we, you still I know you got things to do. So actually, everything that you do becomes easier and less time. Right. Because people associate people that are well known that they that you don't waste their time. OK, so it just has so many upsides that I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Number one, become famous. Number two, do the two. Write that down. D-O-T-H-E and the number two. Do the two. That's every single day. OK, from nine o'clock to 11, you're doing lead generation. You're generating new prospects. You're generating new clients. You're generating new business. You get in your lead generation bunker every single day and you lead generate every single day without fail. And I've done that since day one in the business. Okay. And I've done it every single day since I might've missed a few days here and there. You, yeah. you make those up, but the, and, and I say, do it Monday through Thursday. We call it a two by four. Okay. No matter what business you're in, this is very important for you to do that lead generation every single day. Um, and then the third uh, one is to get a mentor. Okay. Get a coach, get a coach. Nobody succeeds alone. And there are blind spots that you have that probably your spouse won't tell you and your friends won't tell you. But if you got a good coach, they'll tell you, boy, like my coach all the time. Sometimes I don't want to get around him. (laughs) <laughs> he's going to start telling me things that, you know, I don't want to see, right? but, but you have to have accountability. You have to have accountability to, su- to succeed for sure. Mm-hmm. 
I love that one. That one comes full circle, doesn't it? When you sort of say yeah. no one succeeds alone. It was back to right. your original business in your 20s. Yeah, I used to try to do everything myself, but but I that's stupid. I mean, why would you? <laughs> <It's so true>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now yeah. listen, you give back so much. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you do it as a family. I know that you and your wife sort of give back a lot together. Tell me a little bit about those philanthropic efforts that you guys are working on now. So w- what we decided to do, you know, I got married when I was 22 years old um, and I'm 51 now. So we, we, we just, we're celebrating 29 years next month. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, but from day one, we decided that we were going to give 10%, okay, of everything that came in to the coffers. We were just going to put it in a separate account. We call it God's money. Okay. And we've done that. I mean, we, it, it's a, it's a completely separate bank account and a separate entity. Um, and then we basically, uh, we, we have a couple of, you know, kids that we support in Haiti and, and lot, lots of things like that. Like we, uh, there's a lot of uh, ministries, one particular one in particular that we support uh, with child trafficking, human trafficking, that's so huge. Um, and so there's a lot of little things like that that we support. But, but the bigger thing is, you know, the way Jesus put it, uh, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And I look at the human family as one big family. We're all related. We're all relatives. And so what we do is we have this account and then we just look at needs and we help with those needs. And, and every single, it, you know, we did it when we were making a thousand bucks each. We each were making about $950 a month in our jobs when we first got married and we gave a hundred a month each back then. And so fast forward when we're making say a million dollars, I mean, we still, you give away a hundred thousand. That's what we've always done. Yeah. And we don't do it. We don't brag on it. We don't, we don't even really talk about it. I mean, I'm the only reason I'm talking about it is because you asked, yeah. but we really believe that it's critical to, um, to, to give back. You, th- this is, this is the way humanity is wired. And I believe a lot of people have forgotten. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe they've never remembered enter into this lifetime that that's why we're here we're here for each other we're here to be part of a community that's we're it. part of a puzzle you know and and so the way i see my life uh michael it, wrap it up this way is is a tapestry so when you look at a tapestry there's all these different strands in a tapestry like sort of like threads yeah. or, or like lines if you will of thread fabric um but in every and so i'm just one of those but together we make a beautiful p- picture right? But alone is just a little piece of string that you toss, right? So, so that's how I look at myself. And, um, you know, if I'm not the one in need, then I'm helping those in need, you know, or I'm being helped. So, so never, don't ever uh, be afraid to ask for help, to receive help, and to give help to those that need it. I think that's such a beautiful statement. You know, it was, it's funny. It's um, the, you know, we both work for EXP and it's that sense of family that, you know, when we say that it's like, people don't believe it. It's like you work for a real estate company. It's not. And it's hard to sort of explain that. And you know, what's so beautiful. We're, we're entering these, these amazing countries, right? We're entering Brazil and Mexico and, all of these amazing places. And it was interesting because I was on um, Clubhouse the other day with uh, with Rosie Rodriguez. We were talking about the 
the international expansion. And so I had some of my uh, my brokers on as well. And so Ismael Gonzalez is running Mexico was talking about it. And the words that he used were amazing. And you know what he said? He said, my country needed this. And so we're sort of like, it was like, wow, that that just like it, it really like affected me because what we're building is so much bigger than us. It's the idea that we're, you know, when we start talking about our model, we were having these conversations. What I would getting back was, are you telling me that I can not only help myself, my family, my neighbors, but my community? And everyone takes it larger and larger. And it's that sense of community that you just said, which makes where we work so beautiful because it's about humanity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's so right. And, you know, when you when if you're an Internet marketer, like I, I, I had to learn how to become an Internet marketer because I became a trainer and I was like, how am I going to get my voice out there? So I learned all that from Russell Brunson and, you know, Ping June and many other teachers. And but it's it's always this idea of the upsell. How can you get them into the upsell or this funnel and, you know, take them through the side sale or the downsell? And so I learned that, Michael, I learned the craft very well. And when someone, when I finally understood EXP, when someone really took the time to explain it to me and I really saw, I said, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to have upsells and side sales and down sales and, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't have to even have, I don't even have to charge for yeah. what I do. I can, I can just sort of be part of this community and realize that, and that the more I give, the more I'm going to get back. Wow. That to me that that takes us really back to the original intention of mankind. And, and, and that's what EXP is doing. I love that. I have one final question for you, my friend. And I asked you on a panel that we did recently, but for the purposes of this audience, in your current book of life, what's this chapter called? Yeah, Becoming Me. Love Becoming that. Me. And really for me, when I took the passion test, it was all about the, my number one passion is my own self-realization, uh, uh, personal development. And I'm just there at that point right now. It sounds selfish, but the more you know yourself, the greater uh, of a service that you become to mankind. You know? So yeah, becoming me. It's so true. <laughs> it's a great question, by the way. I've never been asked that. I love, I love your questions. Thank you, man. <laughs> and Nolly, thank you for really, man, who, who you are and making a difference in so many people's lives. And I remember when I first saw you speak, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And so it was like, you, you move people. And I'm so glad that we got to know each other. So glad to call you a friend and a brother. And I thank you for your time today and sharing your story with everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And I, I remember when you started the podcast, it was really kind of a leap of faith. You were like, hey, I'm just going to do this. And you are doing a phenomenal job. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank, thank you, you, my brother. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of you for listening. It's been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Mm -hmm.